Welcome everybody to our weekly Torah podcast. This podcast is dedicated in memory of Mr. Harold Pasternak, Herschel Ben David. This week's Torah portion of Parshas Truma, the first of several parshios that relate to discuss the construction of the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the desert. So sort of like a portable temple that the Jewish people built and took with them as they traveled 40 years in the desert until they came into Eretz Yisrael. Even in Israel itself also, until the base of Migdash, the temple was finally built by King Shlomo Amela, King Solomon. They also had this Mishkan, also a, a portable sort of temple. So Torah tells us, an introduction to the base, to the Mishkan, V'asuli mikdash v'shachanti b'socham. They should make for me a mikdash, a sanctuary, that I'd be able to dwell in their midst. There's a fascinating medrash that tells us that when Hashem tells Moshe to build a Mishkan, Moshe asked him, I don't understand. The master, the whole, the Hashem's honor, His holiness fills the whole world and the whole heaven. How can I make a Mishkan? How is it possible for a Mishkan to be able to contain the greatness of Hashem who fills Molochal Earth's Kivodot? The whole world is filled with His honor and glory. So Hashem replied, it's not like you think. Just take 20 beams in the north, 20 beams in the south, 8 in the west, and I will condense my presence in an area of one amma by one amma, one cubit by one cubit, to be able to be contained within the Mishkan, within the tabernacle. So in other words, Hashem's telling him that although certainly his presence is throughout the entire world, but we are still to make a place, a mikdash, for the divine presence to be able to rest, and God will make that place a place for him to rest. This requires some explanation. Why indeed does Hashem need a house? What's the significance of a place, a building for a house, to be able to house the glory, the divine presence? Since Hashem has the whole world, the whole world is, contains His presence. Furthermore, the Alshach has an interesting insight, and it says, interesting idea, the Pasuk says, Asuli mikdash, they'll make me a mikdash, and I will dwell in their midst, not in its midst, not in the shmikdash. When they build for me a mikdash, I will dwell in the midst of the Jewish people. What's that supposed to mean exactly? What's the difference? And what does Hashem need a house for if it's going to dwell in the midst of the Jewish people? The Sforna tells us an interesting idea, though, regarding the vessels of the Mishkan. He said, we take a look at the vessels of the Mishkan. They correspond to the basic furnishings that a house has. We find, for example, when Hanavi, Elisha Hanavi, Elisha the prophet, came to the Shunammite woman, and she wanted to set up a place. She told her husband that they should set up a place for him Whenever he would come to town, he should be able to stay at their house. So they put, like they set up aside a room with a bed, a table, chair, and a lamp. Those are some of the basic necessities that a human being needs to be able to dwell, to be able to live. And therefore, the Swarna says we find those same four different furnishings in the Mishkan too. We find the ark, we find the mizbeach, the altar, we find the shuch and the table, and we find the menorah, the lamp. What this means to say is that Hashem does not need a physical place for Himself to be able to reside. Hashem tells us to build Him a Mishkan in order to serve as a model how we are supposed to build our own homes. We build our homes to model the way Hashem wants us to build His home, as it were. There's an idea of a light, the, the lamp, there's a concept of the Mizbeach, the altar. We have our furnishings in our home comparable to the furnishings that the Almighty puts in His home. 
And the reason for that is for us to constantly remember that our homes are supposed to be a place for the divine presence to be able to rest. There's a a famous Gemara. The Gemara tells us when a couple gets married, Ish and Isha, Ish is Hebrew for a man, Isha is Hebrew for a woman. Ish is spelled Aleph Yud Shin. Isha is Aleph Shin Hey. There's a Yud in the Ish in the man's name and a Hey in the woman's name. When a couple is united for the purpose of building a home, a place of residence for the Almighty's presence, indeed Yud and Hey, which is the name of God, is able to rest in that home. Each party, each partner brings their own own contribution, so to say, their own efforts into building the home together, thereby creating a repository for the Almighty's name. And that's the way we're supposed to build our homes, to be able to create a place that we should always remember this is where God's presence is. Certainly God's presence is throughout the entire world. But we have to constantly remind ourselves in our homes that the divine presence is indeed there. And if we build our homes modeled after the way we build a home for the Almighty, for Hashem too. That's one of the reasons for the mezuzah on the doorpost, as a matter of fact, too. We put a mezuzah on the door to remind us when we come into the house that this is, divine, this is the divine presence in this house. This is God's residence, as it were. And therefore, as such, we have to behave accordingly, too. We don't behave the very first halachas in the Shulchan Aruch, is that a person has to constantly remember that he's in the presence of the Almighty. And the way we behave when they're in the presence of such a great personage, Kivyachal, as it were, as the Almighty, Certainly, it's not the same way as a person behaves when he doesn't think anybody's watching him. We find this idea in several places, in the Medrash and the Talmud, that how, about this idea, how we're supposed to build our homes in accordance and, and similar to the idea of the Mishkan, the Divine Presence, also. The Gemara tells us halacha, that a person should not enter one's house, even one's own home, without knocking on the door or at least announcing your presence. The reason for that is because if somebody might be somebody might be somebody inside that might not be in a presentable fashion to be able to, to for to see some for somebody to see them. So you give an advance warning, I'm coming in, so they should be able to know to make themselves appear a little bit more of a of a proper demeanor. Gamora says, Where do we see this? How do we know this? We learned that from the Mishkan. One of the garments of the Kohen Goto, the high priest, was the Me'il. Me'il was like a long coat, so to say. So it didn't have sleeves on it, sort of like a poncho, a long wool coat made out of blue blue wool. And the bottom end of it, there were a little, an array of pomegranates and golden bells. And the Torah tells us the purpose of these is that they should announce his arrival, nishba, that they should, it should announce his arrival before he comes into the mishkan. It should be, so they should, the bells would tinkle, thereby announcing his arrival. So just like we see that Kohen Gadol announces his arrival before entering into the Mishkan, a human being, every person too, is supposed to announce his arrival before entering into his home. The, at first glance, the comparison analogy seems a little bit a little bit stretched. How can you compare walking into your own house to somebody walking in to the Mishkan, the house of the of the a divine presence? It seems to be a, a, a big big distinction that can be drawn. But the answer is that's not so. If we view our own homes as a place for the divine presence to be able to reside, so then we behave, we behave the same way in our homes as the way a person would behave in the Mishkan. And if the Kohen Gadol, before he enters the Mishkan, announces his arrival, we're supposed to announce our arrival before entering our own homes also because our homes 
or miniature mishkan of sorts. It's a dwelling place for the Almighty, for the Divine Presence to be able to rest. Along the same lines, you find an interesting halacha in the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says that when a person eats bread, he should first, there should be salt on the table. He should dip the bread into the salt. Now, the simple understanding for this is because the bracha is supposed to be made on something which is tasty. In the olden times, the bread was actually just made out of flour and water and didn't really have much of a taste to it. But today, our breads do have taste, put salt, different types of spices inside the bread, and therefore it has more of a taste that may not be a necessity. Nonetheless, it's brought down, a person should still have salt on the table. Why? Because the Gemara tells us that in the time of the Mikdash or the Mishkan, when a person would sin, he would bring sacrifices on the Mizbeach, sacrifices on the altar, and he would thereby be able to be atoned for the sins. But today we no longer have the Mishkan. We no longer have the altar. How does a person get atonement for today? So the Gemara tells us the reason is, excuse me, tells us that, that our table, the dining room table, brings us our, our, brings us our atonement today. Rashi tells us what that means to say when a person invites poor people to his table, for example. Or else, even when a person studies Torah and speaks words of Torah at the table, that elevates the meal. It's no longer just a place of, of, of gorging oneself, no, a place of just of, of stuffing oneself with food. But it becomes a spiritual experience, an elevating experience. The idea is that it's modeled after the Beis HaMikdash. In the same way that the Beis HaMikdash offered atonement for the Jewish, for the Jew, our dining room table today also offers atonement, so to say. And therefore, when we come into the home, when we sit down at the table, in the same way that by the Mizbeach and the altar when a person brought sacrifices, salt was brought on the sacrifices. On all of your sacrifices, you should have salt. And therefore, if that's why salt was necessity by the Mizbeach, the salt also takes, part, takes its part at our table also, sitting down at the dining room table. Again, we model our homes after the Beis after the way the Beis was built. This, therefore, is what the Pasik means. Make for me a mikdash, and I will dwell in the people's midst, in the midst of the people, and among the people themselves. God says, I don't need a mishkan, I don't need a place to be able to, for my divine presence to be able to reside. I want to be able to dwell in the midst of the Jewish people. I want to be part of you. But in order for me to be part of you, you have to make sure to have the proper preparation. You have to have the proper type of a receptacle, so to say, for the divine presence to be able to rest. You have to make your own homes open, so to say, for the, able to, for the divine presence to be able to rest. There's a famous story said about the Kotzke Rebbe. The Kotzke Rebbe once asked his students, my students, where is God, where does God reside? One of the students said, maybe in heaven, one of them says, you know, maybe in the, in the shul, in the synagogue, the Kotzkevi says, no. The divine presence rests wherever you let it in. If you let it in, it resides there. What that means to say is, as long as we prepare ourselves for the proper receptacle to be able to contain, to be able to hold the divine presence, then indeed the divine presence will make its presence felt among in ourselves also. We just have to prepare accordingly. The Jewish home is modeled after the Beis Hamikdash. We live in our homes to some extent the way they lived in the base of Migdash. We try to live a holy existence. 
the mezuzah marks that this is not just a house. This is a holy house, a house where the divine presence is supposed to reside. This is a place where the dining room table serves as mezbech, as an altar, and therefore has to be treated with the proper respect. It, it's an interesting, this is a source for proper manners, table manners. Table manners is not just something which is a, a nicety or something by that's that's based on Amy Vanderbilt. The idea of, of table manners is because you have to act in a respectful manner the same way you'd act in a respectful manner in a basic mikdash in the Mishkan. You have to be able to knock on the door before coming in because it's a holy place. The Jewish home is a holy place. And as, as such, it's important for us to be able to act accordingly to. Hashem is telling, I don't need a mishkan. I don't need a place for, to be desired for my presence. But I want you to build me a home in order that you should know how to be able to build your own home in order that I be able to dwell in your midst. In order that I should be able to come amongst you. I should be able to, my presence should be able to be felt in the shalom bias in a home, the ish isha, the yod and the hay of the isha and the isha. When they live properly, then the divine presence can rest over there. I once heard an interesting insight from my Rebbe, Rav Volba, that he explained, why is there a mitzvah by a wedding to be masameach the chassan and the kala, to rejoice to the bride and groom? Marriage is a mitzvah indeed, but there are many other mitzvahs too. We don't find the obligation to be masameach, to rejoice, and to cause others to rejoice by any other mitzvah. What's the significance of the joy at a wedding? So he explained, for this very, this very reason, because when a couple begins marriage together, their goal is to be able to create a residence, a place for the divine presence to be able to reside. And the Talmud tells us, shora The divine presence only is only felt, only is able to stay in a place where there is joy, where there is simcha. And therefore, in order for the bride and groom to be able to build that home, that home has to be built upon simcha. And therefore, at the wedding, when they're joined together, everybody brings simcha, everybody rejoices with the bride and groom in order to enable them to be able to start, to get a start with simcha, with joy. And by so doing, they will be able to help bring that residence, bring that divine presence into their midst. That make for me a mikdash, and I will dwell in the midst of the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody, and hopefully together again next week. Bezos Hashem. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.